Welcome to Launch, the GCC podcast. I'm your host, Marty Duran, Director of Communications for the Great Commission Collective. We're a global network of churches partnering together to plant churches and strengthen leaders. On this episode of Launch, I'll be in conversation with three new pastors in the Great Commission Collective. Ken Thompson is down in Florida. Bob Lapine is in Little Rock. And Joe Catronio is in South Indianapolis. We're really glad to have these guys today. You're going to learn from them. You're going to learn something about them and how they came into GCC to begin with. So I hope you enjoy getting to know Ken, Bob, and Joe. Welcome back to Launch, everyone. It has been a minute since our last episode, and I'm really happy here in early 2022 to have three really nice cool guys. Uh, These are all GCC pastors, and we're going to have a roundtable today, and I want you to get to know Bob Lapine, Ken Thompson, and Joe Catronio. And we're going to go around the horn a little bit because some of these names you've seen may have met them at uh, maybe the SPWR um, at the end of last year, but may not know much about them. And this is your opportunity to hear their heart hear a little bit about their backstory. Joe just told something that blew my mind completely up. I don't know if he'll bring it up again, but we'll give him the opportunity. So we're going to go with age before beauty. Uh, We'll start with Bob Lapine, uh, who most of you know his voice, which is a very cool thing. Uh, So Bob, where are you and what's your uh, connection to where you're at? I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas. I uh, am the lead pastor at Redeemer Community Church in Little Rock, a church we helped plant 14 years ago this month. Um, and and so, uh, yeah, I, I've been here most of the time uh, working full-time with a ministry called Family Life, which does marriage and family conferences around the country. I helped co-host a radio program called Family Life Today, mm-hmm. first with Dennis Rainey and then with Dave and Ann Wilson. And that was my that was my tent making job, my ministry job, but uh planning the church and being the lead pastor for the church now for the last 14 years, that's been what I've done in my spare time. So <laughs> yeah. So is Little Rock home for you? Is that where you grew up? I grew up in St. Louis, uh, in the suburbs of St. Louis, Okay, uh, lived there, went to the University of Tulsa, which is where I met my yeah. wife and where I uh, came to know the Lord. Oh, awesome. Uh, and from there, worked in local Christian radio in, in Tulsa, in Phoenix, in Sacramento, and in San Antonio. And in 1992, we moved from San Antonio to Little Rock uh, to join up with Family Life. Excellent. Now, were you spending like those early Petra albums at one o'clock in the morning for the Christian radio? <laughs> well, I, I was. So Christian yeah. music, my, my first job at a Christian music station, 1979, and the Imperials and David Meese yeah. and all of the, I mean, names that th- these guys were recording before the other people on this call were yeah. even born. But, uh, <laughs> uh, this was, uh, yeah, this was, I, I was there in the early days. In fact, just recently had an opportunity to do an hour long podcast interview with John Fisher, who was one of the first no recording artists. Wow. in Christian music. And uh, so I, I go back to those early days and uh, what God was doing uh, when Jesus music was just coming on the scene yeah. in the 70s and 80s. That's really amazing. I remember John Fisher's column at the back of CCM magazine every month mm-hmm. and uh, compiled him into a couple of books. He's a great writer. He is. So, uh, well, thanks, Bob. Uh, so next, we'll go down to the Sunshine State. 
And Ken Thompson, who is sitting outside of a Panera Bread or something in the sunshine and making us all look bad. It's a Starbucks. He wouldn't be a pastor if it wasn't a Starbucks. That may be true. It's true. It is true. I, I, I have a cup from my lunch that was at the place next door, but I am out front of a Starbucks here. <laughs> so you just so, uh, yeah. you just regaled us with your testimony of having moved from Detroit and coming to the promised land. So yeah. How long have you been there and how did you, uh, what got you there? Yeah. Um, so six years, uh, as of January, uh, 2022, oh, our family's been here in Florida, um, grew up in Michigan, moved South for college, uh, early ministry, uh, worked at a Christian camp in North Carolina. That's where I actually, uh, met, met my wife. And um, stayed in the South, and then about 2010 felt called to church planning, but uh, was was still pretty, still pretty young and pretty just uh, naive towards a lot, a lot of life. And so when I presented the idea of church planning to Megan, she just said, "Hey, we need to grow up some, get some more education." So that took us four years uh, up to Minneapolis, uh, where. Um, finished my MDiv, family grew, served in a church. And then when that season was over and we thought about church planning, uh, Florida was on our mind. Uh, and we, and we, and be honest with you, we, we, we wrestled through, okay, why? Just because we hate cold weather. We don't like Minnesota, but it, it really wasn't that we had, we, our hearts were really drawn initially to, to Southern Florida, like, uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Um, but God in his providence led us to the Tampa Bay area and, uh, we planted, uh, Bay cities fellowship, uh, four years ago, officially this past September. And so, uh, been married for 15 years, four kids and, uh, enjoying representing GCC here in the Tampa Bay area. It's a hard life. <laughs> We're going to have prayer for you at the end of this call. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> And then in uh, South Indianapolis, and I'm going to let you say the name of your actual town, Joe Catronio. That's right. Yes. So ironically, Ken, it's the exact opposite for me. So I was born and raised in Orlando, Florida. Um, when I met my wife in college in Jacksonville um, at a Bible college there. And I remember when we were dating, I said, look, if you marry me, you're never going to have to live in the North. Or I'm telling you, <laughs> she was from uh, Ohio. And uh, I said, look, you marry me, it'll be all good. It'll be good for you. You'll have a great life. And in our first six months of marriage, God calls us to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, no <laughs> joke. And so there we go. Um, we so graduated from college in Jacksonville. We went straight to in ministry uh, there in Columbus, Ohio. Went on a team that was uh, a church that was planted 40 years ago um, at that time. And it was, it was able to serve under a church planter. And just big faith. And he was kind of discipling and mentoring me. I knew I was called into full-time uh, ministry in a capacity of teaching, like a lead uh, teaching role, but I wasn't ready for that. I needed to be groomed and discipled and poured into. And so for about 10 years, I stayed there uh, just kind of growing and learning and uh, continuing my education, got my master's degree and enrolled in, uh, into postgraduate work at Southeastern. And so that's where I'm still, haven't finished it yet, but uh, coming into um, a long story short, after 10 years of ministry there in Columbus, Ohio, the Lord was kind of loosening the tent pegs. I knew it was time 
that the Lord wanted me to step into full-time lead teaching role at a church, but I didn't know where and I didn't know how. And so I met Luke Aarons, uh, who was in Columbus, Ohio at that time, and he had just planted uh, probably four years prior to um, a vertical church, Columbus. And he was um, from Chicago area with James McDonald. He said, you should consider going to uh, Chicago because I think you're going to resonate with this tribe. Um, these people talk like you talk. They think like you think. I think you'd really resonate. So I went there, uh, fell in love with the philosophy of ministry, um, just gripped by it. It was me. If you cut me, I'm going to bleed vertical church. And so I wanted to learn. And so I went there, learned how to plant a vertical church. And then I came to uh, Indianapolis um, at a church plant here who was getting ready to plant another church. They just uh, needed time and development. So it was Brock Graham's church on the south side of Greenwood. He planted, I think, two years or a year prior to my arrival. Church experienced ex accelerated growth, but they needed a small group's pastor. Started dreaming. I said, hey, look, what would it look like to be a small group, a ministry that could actually pulsate out church plants? I said, let's let's just let's just see what happens. And we started dreaming up about, um, you know, let's start uh, discipling these people and seeing wherever the, can, the most people are coming from in the area. Let's target that area to plant a church. That's exactly what happened after about two to two and a half, three years. And so we took some time, but it was worth waiting for and seeing a church grow to the place where it could be replicated and um, and just targeting a specific area. So we're about 15 minutes away from our sending church. But there is oh, 300,000 people that are yet to be reached here uh, wow. with the gospel. So we're looking forward to it. Wow. So um, we'll stay with Joe for a moment since he has the floor. Uh, what do you enjoy? What, what are some of your hobbies? What do you, um, if you uh, have some time, what do you like kind of automatically gravitate toward? So I'm about as boring as you can be, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't, I mean, my hobbies consist of, um, golf with my son, you know, um, on, on the weekends like putt, putt or 18 holes, no, like well, nine holes. He's, he's a, a nine year old little guy. Nice. Um, he has a dream to play for Ohio state Buckeyes golf team. Don't, oh, don't wow. understand that. Um, <laughs> but I try to convert him to Florida state. That didn't happen. Um, but anyway, uh, so golfing with my son, I love doing that. I love reading good books. Um, um, I love exercising. I'll, I'll just, you know, Ooh. Um, I'll go jog or something like that to kind of take off some stress from ministry, yeah. that kind of thing. But I heard um, I pulled something when you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dude, I just don't I don't want to be that overweight preacher. You know, he just you know, I don't I, I want to be able to hang out with my son and play and play golf with him when I'm or play football with him. So we'll see. But That's awesome. Ken, what about you? What uh, what do you do when you're not doing anything else? Yeah, so I got four kids. And so um I, that that margin of time is is usually uh, taken up by them. So uh, I've tried to. I, I have three daughters and one son, and so um, I try to like you know live vicariously through him. <laughs> so uh, sports. Um, he's six, and so we just I don't know. We're we're just always goofing around. You know, it's funny. I, I was talking. I, I love I love all things sports. So basketball, football. Um, ironically, I used to golf more when I didn't have as many kids and I lived in Minnesota. So I don't know what that means, but, uh, I can golf all year round and I don't now. Um, so hopefully maybe with my son, when he gets a little bit older, we'll be, uh, uh, you know, uh, playing golf there a little bit too, but, um, uh, 
man, uh, I'm pretty boring too, to be honest with you. Uh, sports. Welcome exercise. to the Boring Pastors Podcast. Yeah, I, I know, man. Uh, seriously, um, I, I'm I I would say like the most adventurous thing I do is I have a little uh, a little stream, little like outside my back backyard area. There's a little like like swamp more or less, and uh, I'll go fishing in there. Uh, so that's, that's a good outlet for me. I love to fish. Uh, it is fun to, to get out and do real fishing down here, but a little backyard fishing is about, about what, what I can manage right now with, with four kids and 12 and under. Cool. Well, Bob, I do want you to talk about your lifelong quest, but I also want you to, uh, mention any other, uh, hobbies and interests that you have. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about guys who th their job is they're an actuary and they work for an insurance company or they, th those are guys who go to work and do their job and then their passion is somewhere else. But guys like us who are church planters, I mean, mm -hmm. our, our job is our passion. So, so I think the boringness that all of us are talking about when you talk about what do you do for fun? Uh, we, we do what we do because there's a passion to to want to advance the work of the kingdom. And and yes, we need a little soul care and need some time when we're on a golf course or or we're fishing just to kind of rest and refresh our souls. But my, my quest, as as you alluded to, I'm on a quest to eat at every cheesecake factory in America. Uh, this past week, I ate at location number 136. So I there are about 208 domestic locations, another a couple dozen international national locations. I'm going to get through the domestic before I go international on it. But there are four locations in Dubai. So when I when I start wow. to go international, I'm going there first. I figure a long week in Dubai, I can hit it may take me a week to get all four of them in, but but uh yeah, so um <laughs> being being bivocational and church planting. I mean as as I was going through the mm. motions of, of planting a church, uh, people would say, what do you do in your spare time? And I said, what is, what is this thing you talk about this spare time? <laughs> yes, what is that? Because <laughs> I had my job, I had my marriage and my family, and I had the church we were planting. And there wasn't right. much margin for anything other than that. And that was okay with me because that's mm. where I got energy and where I drew passion from. Hmm. So, Bob, you strike me as kind of a uh, frugal dude so i'm going to ask you this question what's the most you've ever spent at a single cheesecake factory meal <laughs> I, just oh, just for my own for, are you talking about, about me buying for the whole group or are you just yeah, talking if you, about if you host if you hosted somebody but you paid out of your own pocket not family life or you know the church what's the most you've ever spent so that would have been taking um my daughter and and son-in-law and her two kids so there were six of us and it was location number 127 in raleigh and um yeah it was about 170 dollars for the the eight of us to eat there but this is why part of part of my uh, my love for the cheesecake factory is they understand business if you can get people who have just had a full meal to order dessert <laughs> nobody orders dessert at chilies but if you're at the cheesecake factory you're going to add eight dollars to your check and you're going to add a thousand dollars to the or a thousand calories calories two thousand calories you just ate but but an extra eight dollars on everybody's check i'm thinking these so i i own stock in the cheesecake factory and as a partial owner now of the company i feel a fiduciary responsibility to visit <laughs> my my business and see how we're doing 
Man. Bob's paying his own dividends. <laughs> uh, Ken, what's um, what's the last book you read that you would recommend? Not the last one you read, because sometimes you get stuck with a dud. But what's the last book you read that you'd recommend? And what's your favorite sermon series you've ever preached? Hmm. So, um, <clears throat> I'm reading, uh, I'm a part of a, a pastor cohort dealio and um so a lot of my reading right now is kind of being uh prescribed to me and it's good um i'm gonna i'm gonna give two and they're very different um one's very practical it's called leadership on the line um really helpful resource on practical strategic leadership um but you know if that's not your cup of tea this other book called telling secrets um by uh author named uh buchner or beekner it's kind of a funky last name is uh a really captivating uh, look into authenticity uh mm -hmm. so those two books recently have been really helpful both strategically practically but also just for my own soul and and and, and being real um favorite sermon series uh so I don't know if it's my favorite. It's probably the one I was most surprised by. I'll give a little context to it. Um, I had heard, so my parents are first generation Christians. I got saved when I was in high school. And so didn't kind of grow up in the culture of, you know, church stuff, uh, that that Sunday school foundation. I only mentioned that is in, in that I had a certain perspective of what I thought Nehemiah you know, the whole story of building and rebuilding was all about. And, um, it, it, we, we, we went through, um, Nehemiah as a church this past year, thinking that it was going to be this raw, raw moment. And it was really just interesting as you kind of got into the story of Nehemiah and really thought it would be this like captivating big building moment for the church, but it ends kind of like in this sad, you know, contemplative moment of, of, of longing for something that's not there, which kind of in this season of COVID, it was just a really, it, what I thought it would be, it, it wasn't, which was kind of disappointing, but it, it led us as a church to a sweet place of seeing how, even though in the midst of our disappointments, we can find a greater hope in, in Jesus. And so uh, it was a, a sweet, it was a, it was a different ending than I thought it mm. would be just in preaching through it, but it was, uh, it was exactly what we needed for that season. And so, um, just not, maybe not my favorite ever, but it was a very powerful moment for me personally in the That's middle right. of kind of some just disappointment, a disappointing season to see that, that disappointment's real, but, but Jesus can be the answer. That's awesome. Joe, what about you? Same questions. Um, all right. So the probably the my most memorable book that I read in 2021 uh, would be uh, a book by the by Grog. I think his name is Groggins. Let me see if I can pull it up. Goggin, Kyle and Kyle Strobel. You might recognize that name too. Yeah. The, the book is entitled "The Way of the Dragon" mm -hmm. or "The Way of the Lamb." Mm -hmm. That book was a massive game changer for me and how I awesome. approached. Um, you know, just relationships and leadership, uh, specifically around uh, leading the local church, you know, how to, what kind of a leader Christ has called us to be. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that was a very, it was really a, a shaping book for me in 2021. That's and awesome. interestingly enough, it kind of dovetails right into, I would say my, one of my favorite series that I recently preached is the book of James. So we, that book is in is, is it works um, in tandem with, with the book of James in particular. And uh, it was, a, it was just neat to be working through that as a church, as well as, um, you know, reading that book in particular. Mm -hmm. But I, honestly, a, um, a, one of my another series that I thoroughly loved was yeah, the Book of Ephesians. So mm -hmm. just working our way with our church through the Book of Ephesians, it wasn't so much because of the uh, the salvific nature of it, although that's outstanding. But it was something that we discovered about how the re the realness of where Christ, how he he meets us in every every generation, um, mm -hmm. and the, the similarities between culture. Uh, it, that was a, a really cool, refreshing thing. A friend of mine talks about helping the church understand emotional archaeology. And so he basically talked, you need to help the people to feel what they're feeling in the scene. And so we got into like so many cool things in the, in, in, yeah. the, in the city of Ephesus that was going on and why he was addressing certain things the way he did. So it's really, really a good study. That was one of my favorites. So did you take the church over so y'all could like be on the ground in Ephesus and have some lessons over there? <laughs> yeah, right. No, not as a baby church plant. <laughs> Maybe someday. So. Oh, man. Bob, what about you? Well, the book I'm, I'm slowly working through right now is Carl Truman's book on the, the rise and triumph mm -hmm. of the modern self, which is, is slow going and, and thick reading and dense, but profound in terms of, of us thinking through um, how we are in the place, you know, he, he starts the book with the question, how did we get to a place in our culture today where a man can say, I feel that I am a woman trapped in a man's body and people go, oh, that makes sense to me. How did we get to a place where that is a sensible statement for somebody to make? Um, and it's not just about gender confusion. It's it's really about our our sense of self, our sense of identity, mm -hmm. our understanding of that. Uh, it's, it's again, slow reading, but been very good to, to read through it. I just went through a book as well with a group of guys from our church guys, my age. So I turned 66 this month and, um, Robert Walgamuth wrote a book called gun lap. Yeah. And it's a book about guys who are in the final laps of right of the race of life and how you, you know, if, if if you ran track, you understand that when the gun goes off and you're in the final lap, you don't lag in that lap. Mm -hmm. You actually, this is the lap to say, look, I've just got a little bit more to go. This is where you go all out to get to the finish line. And so the book is designed for guys our age to think, how do we maximize this season of life so that we're all out? all the way to the finish line rather than going now's the time for the RV and kick back and, and golf. Right. So that was helpful. And, and to think he just threw off on you guys that play golf. Did y'all catch that? He just like, just under oh, no. the, he just threw you under the oh. RV. Okay. <laughs> all right. Matter of opinion. No. <laughs> Uh, and I'll, I'll throw in here, too, and this is an old book, but a, more than a decade ago when I read Tim Keller's book, The Prodigal God, that was a mm -hmm. paradigm shift book for me uh, to Tremendous. think about uh, the, the whole issue of self-righteousness and, and the older brother that the main character in the prodigal son story is the older brother. And that's who m many of us are. That's who mm -hmm. I am. 
And so to understand that, I I just go back to that book over and over again uh, as a corrective. In terms of sermon series, I, I would say my favorite sermon series is typically the one that I'm preaching currently, right? Yeah. It, the one I'm in is the one that's, that's most actively uh, engaging my soul. We did take about uh, 12, 13 weeks last spring to go into Ephesians chapter 6 and look at the issue of spiritual warfare, do a deep dive into that. And I went into that thinking spiritual warfare is a broad cultural phenomenon and and really understood going through it slowly. It's more of an internal phenomenon than it is a broad cultural phenomenon. And the spiritual warfare that we deal with is our own wrestling against mm -hmm. our own flesh and and how gospel-centric Paul's exhortation is with spiritual warfare, that he takes you back when you're dealing with, with spiritual battle, you go back to the gospel, and it's the helmet right. of salvation, and it's the, uh, it's the breastplate of righteousness, and it's the shield of faith, and, and you go back to the gospel as a way to do spiritual battle. And uh, that, was, that was good for us, because whenever I would say to somebody, we're doing a series on spiritual warfare, everybody was like, yeah, you think that's needed? I mean, look at our culture. And I'd go, <laughs> that's, that may be needed as much in a time when you're in cultural peace as it is when you're in cultural yeah. turmoil, because right. malaise is as much of an issue as, uh, as turbulence is. So last question, uh, and I'm going to let Joe go first. Um, and you can, and this doesn't have to be like some super long answers on this, but just like, how did you get connected to GCC? Oh yeah. So again, my, my relationship ties with, um, Harvest Bible Chapel and Harvest Bible Fellowship were the, the connection points for us. So, um, yeah, I was, I graduated from their training center back in 2015, I think is what it was 2016. And so um, just stayed uh, part of the family. And then when GCC, I, I was actually working at HBF uh, with Brian White uh, for mm -hmm. about a few hours, right, right when everything happened. And mm -hmm. so it was just before I transitioned to Indianapolis. And that, so when, when, that, when GCC first started, I was very aware and involved in um, sort of the, the beginnings of it. Okay, uh, cool. Brock Graham was um, the pastor at, at the time of Harvest South, and he still is, but yeah. uh, they, they did, we were exploring GCC, but we didn't actually connect to it quite yet at that time. So Okay. I did not realize that. That's good to know. Uh, Bob, what about you? You know, so I'm I'm new to the family, although I've watched from from a distance. Uh, I've been aware as a as a church planter, as an independent church planter, non denominational. So we came up with without really any background or support behind mm -hmm. us, kind of doing it on your own. Um, and but but I've been aware of networks like Acts twenty nine and and like uh, the Bethlehem uh, network of of churches that they've pastored and was aware of HBF when it got started. Uh, been friends with Trent and Andrea Griffith for more than fifteen years, and so uh, was aware of what they were doing at uh, the church in Granger, and then was aware when GCC got started and and the origins of all of that, and have been a cheerleader on the sidelines for what God has been doing through mm. GCC. Uh, I've known Dave Harvey for more than a decade uh, through interviews I've done with him and mm -hmm. books that he's written. Uh, know him from back in his Sovereign Grace days and then in the sojourn season. And when he went to GCC, I saw that as a huge win for mm -hmm. uh, GCC to have Dave's involvement. And uh, he and Trent approached me about, as an outsider, about 
helping as as a part of the board of directors, which I was excited to have the opportunity to do. And the closer I got to what to what GCC is all about, the more I saw the benefit for our church being linked uh, and and yoked together with other churches in GCC, both from a church planting uh, opportunity. I mean, we can mm-hmm. we can do more. You know, the Bible says if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. So here here we have an opportunity to yoke together and have greater kingdom impact in church planting than we could ever have indip- individually. But then also to be a part of a collective, a part of a fellowship where I could be strengthened as a leader and where I would have uh, guys that that I could connect with who could help me. Uh, in in the struggle, so it's mm-hmm. we've been in in GCC for less than a year now, but are really thrilled with where the organization, where the collective is going, and w- with the the opportunities for connecting with with other guys, like minded guys, and and all of us being on the same page from a standpoint of uh, passion and vision. Excellent. What about you, Ken? Yeah, ironically, uh, Bob and I have a similar connection point with Trent uh, Griffith. Um, my sister-in-law and, uh, her husband, um, were attending Trent and Andrea's, uh, former church or almost former church in Granger, uh, and, um, got to meet Trent through them, uh, you know, being a part of that church. And when we were in a season of getting ready to step out in the church planning, kind of similar to Bob, non-denominationally, uh, just kind of. Uh, relationally connected to some churches to raise support. I, I, I wanted to glean as much as I could. And so I reached out to Trent and this is 2015, 16 ish. And, um, and so formed a relationship with him and he was obviously still then harvest Bible Granger. And, um, we just kind of hit it off, stayed connected. And, um, Trent was a really good friend over the past few years. And then introduced me to, uh, to um, Christian McNeely uh, introduced me to, to Dave Harvey and kind of those three guys just were friends, you know, without really any strings attached. And that was really meaningful to me. Um, and uh, when they gave me a chance to kind of like dip my toes in and see what it's all about, I was like kind of what Bob was saying. There's a lot that can be done together uh, really resonated with obviously Trent, but then getting to know Dave, and Christian, just as a you know, an, uh, a fellow brother and pastor, I was like, man, these guys are, you know, I think what uh, Joe said earlier about the, the same language resonation. I was like, yeah, this is this is really similar. And so we officially joined as a church uh, this past uh, fall. Um, and so uh, really excited about you know what the collective is all about, but also just really grateful for the friends. Uh, without sounding really you know cliche or sentimental, just the friendships that have been made already. Can you tell That's those awesome. people at the Starbucks just to pipe down a little bit? They're having too much fun there. Just tell them we're on a podcast here, will you? So I have part of it is just the the music blaring too. So <laughs> so so one one of my deals is that I don't we don't have an uh, an established building yet. So like I'm, my office is like anywhere I'm at, and so mm-hmm. the blessing of that is I'm sitting out here in the sun while you all stuck in some you know, Midwest <laughs> office space. The curse of it is I got you know. <laughs> I got Michael Bublé singing behind me, whether Let's I like it or go. not. So <laughs> Let's go. And so, Joe, you are Doxa Bible Church. Is that right? That's right. You got it. 
All right. And uh, Ken, you are Bay City's Fellowship, right? Yes, sir. And Bob, you are Redemption Bob, Redeemer Bible Church. Redeemer Community Church. Redeemer yeah. Community Church. Excellent. All right. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. I look forward to spending more time with you and knowing you even better. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you for the invite. Great time. Appreciate it, Marty. Thank you for listening to Launch, the GCC podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, why not take a moment to do that in your favorite podcast app? Also, rate and review the podcast when you get a moment. That helps us with search results and recommend us to your friends, maybe other pastors that you know who will benefit from the content from this podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our website if you haven't done that already. It's gccollective.org. That's gccollective.org. And there's a lot of helpful information. There's articles. There's how you can join the GCC, whether a church planter or an existing church, and plenty of other content that will help you grow spiritually and encourage you in your leadership journey.